I'm Josh Barrow. And I'm Lynette Lopez. And this is Hard Pass. So, Lynette, you look really happy today. Bitch, I'm radiant. <laughs> That's a, Radiant is an interesting choice of words there, because what, what are you so happy about? Oh, you know, I'm I'm radiant, almost as if I had been kissed by the sun. I'm shining. I'm bright. You know, the beautiful thing is when you as a reporter see a story and, you know, everybody in the world thinks it's really great, but you're like, mm, that sounds like bullshit. And then you turned out to be right. And in this case, I'm right about Sun Edison. This is a company that went bankrupt. Sun Edison went bankrupt. What is it, Sun Edison? Sun Edison is the largest renewable energy firm in the world. And it didn't go bankrupt because renewable energy is bad. It went bad because it was a company that decided to do way too many acquisitions, way too fast, and it created a structure that hid the fact that it was running out of cash from its shareholders. Yeah, so this was interesting. It can be a red flag when a company has a financial structure that's way more complicated than seems necessary. So Sun Edison, like, they own solar farms, which is not that... They build them. Yeah, they right. build solar farms. So the structure was back when Sun Edison started, it was just a company that built solar farms. Then in 2014, they were like, maybe 2013, they were like, you know what? We don't just have to build solar farms. We can also manage the projects that we create, like utilities, like the light company or the water company. Wait, so I'm sorry, they're managing, what are they managing? The solar projects that they build. So they build it and then they manage the solar And farm. then they had two subsidiaries called Yield Co's that managed these projects for them. And they were all in one big conglomerate. So Sun Edison's like, look at this shit. It's sick. We have this company that's like a little bit cash intensive, whatever. We're building these solar projects, but we have this constant stream of cash from the yield codes because people are paying for this solar, um, for their solar power. And Wall Street was like, damn, bitch, we don't understand this, but this sounds great. So everybody got in. And then in July, something happened. And what happened was Sun Edison tried to buy a residential solar company called Vivint. Now, residential solar is notoriously of lower quality, lower quality buyers, lower quality payers. Not only was Sun Edison buying this lower quality grade power, but they were going to pay a 52% premium for it. And the shareholders said, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you need this acquisition to show growth? How much cash do you actually have? Wait a second. What's going on here? So the concern basically was that this is a roll-up where, like, they they don't have a lot of growth of their own. They're not having big sales growth. So they go out and buy stuff, and then they say the thing they're buying is going to generate a lot of growth in the future. There's a lot of synergy. They put what's called goodwill on the books where the, the company they bought it may not have – as many tangible assets as the price they paid indicates, but there's goodwill in the company that means they're going to make profits in the future, and it allows you to say, I'm going to keep growing, I'm going to keep growing, I'm going to keep growing. Right, and this is what had shareholders spooked because Sun Edison offered to pay a 52% premium for Vivint, and so shareholders were like, well, do you have to do this in order to show that you're growing and to hide that you're not growing organically? Let's talk about this, like the company and then the Yield Co. thing, because this was a really weird thing. They weren't a subsidiary in 
the normal sense, where like you have a company and then it owns other companies. You had Sun Edison, and then you had these yield companies that also traded on the stock exchange. Right. And they owned pieces of each other, but not 100% of each other. So Very up, confusing. And not just confusing, but you end up with conflicts of interest, because what's good for the yield co shareholders could be different from what's good from the Sun Edison shareholders, but you have shared management, shared ownership, and lots of opportunities for people to do things that aren't actually good for the people who own the company they're managing. The SEC has started investigating whether or not Sun Edison was lying to its investors in the fall about how much money it had while the stock price was essentially in free fall. So what are the lessons here if you're not a Sun Edison shareholder? What does this tell us about the market and why things go wrong? The lesson here about the market is if it's too complex, stay away. In the words of an of the woman who called out Citibank during the financial crisis, Meredith Whitney, you're either making money or you're not. If you have all these different ways of measuring money, all these different ways of shuffling money around, you've got to be skeptical about the business model because maybe you don't understand actually who owns the money. And now we're going to go through a bankruptcy proceedings where the assets that Terraform Global and Terraform Power, which is what the two yield codes are called, they're going to be very valuable to people. The creditors are going to want to get their hands on whatever Terraform Global and Terraform Power have. From now on, this is going to be a squabble between shareholders, and creditors, and everybody who wants a piece of the yield codes of Sun Edison. It's going to be interesting to see how this breaks down, and it's going to be interesting to see what the SEC investigation turns up in terms of how the company's management handled their stock plummeting and how much capital cash burn there actually was in the stock. And this is a, another reason to be skeptical of extremely complicated financial structures for Absolutely. companies. Because it's hard to figure out what you're going to get in a bankruptcy. If you have a simple company with just debt and equity, you know, if the company goes bankrupt, the debt's first and the debt will get whatever's there and then the equity gets what's left. When you have all these like companies owning pieces of other companies, but not owning all of them and these complicated priority structures, it's really hard to figure out whether you're going to get screwed in a bankruptcy or not. Hard Pass is produced by Ben Riskin. Our cover art is by John Fulton, and the music you are hearing is by Aaron Leader. 